we've been on this journey and uh, it's been a cool thing. We, we have a lot of things in our life that we hold as very valuable and dear to us. And we're, we've been in this, doing this series called Sacred Things. And uh, kind of give you an example of different things. When you clean out a closet or you clean out something, you're going through it. And I heard somebody told me this joke the other day. They said, yep, I had two closets to clean out and get all the good stuff I wanted to keep. And I only got three closets left to go. So I was like, <laughs> it's like it's growing. It's like I was supposed all this stuff is near and dear to cherish. And I can't get rid of that. You know, when you're going through stuff, you anybody ever moved from one house to another and you were going to downsize <laughs> and the more you kept going and the more you kept getting, by you got it by the time you got into the other house and it might have been a thousand square feet bigger and you're like it's already full where did it how did I get all that in there and so it's amazing how we can attribute value to certain things and uh, what we've been doing is saying what does Jesus see what does God see as valuable and uh, so this is what we came up with sacred sacred is this it's simply sacred it equals holy. It's that thing that is set apart for something. And and uh, it's Kadesh. It's that apartness, that sacredness. Like, ah, what is value to me? And so we can, we said it's, it could be of God, of places, of things. And we've been looking at different things. And the scripture we've been looking at is Colossians 2.8. And it says this, see to it that no one takes you captive, which in essence means you can be taken captive. If someone says, don't, hey, don't let this happen, it's like, oh, that means it could happen. And so through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. So we're looking what's valuable to Jesus. What is the thing? And I thought we'd go through a real quick run of where we've been and then we'll get to our next one this morning. And so for those of you who are just joining us, this is where we've been real quick. The first one we said is names. Now, I know in this room, let's be honest, there's some people like, I don't like my name. (laughs) If you'd had a choice, you may have changed it or you may have said, you know, named yourself something different. And and let me say to you, parents and young parents, you know, young parents, those who will think, choose carefully. That's all I got to think of. Think of kindergarten, first grade, second grade third grade when you're naming because it, it will it will be or they'll just make up another one or somebody make up a nickname and during that time I did share one of my nicknames as a child I know y'all probably already forgot it praise the Lord okay some of y'all have not forgot it was shrimp I don't know where they got it from but it somehow that that was my nickname in grade school I was shocked as you are I'm like what I don't what do y'all say what what where's it at I don't get that and so, um, but we, we landed on this, that there's no other name. Jesus is the name above every other name. There's not one greater. And he's the one that we're saved by. He's the one we're healed by, where we get connected by. And so that's the greatest name. The second one we did is the word of God. And that's the Bible. And uh, it's his word. It's not my word. It's not your word. God inspired and men wrote as he inspired. And so it's his word, it's perfect, it's powerful, and it will last forever. So if you want to, if you want to hold something valuable and you want to lock in, like anybody ever been given a stock tip or a thing like, this is it, you can get this, and you go, uh oh, and it didn't work out so well, that's one where you go, hey, this one will always put your whole hope and trust in the word of God. It will not change, it's there. The third thing was prayer. And that's the one that a lot of people struggle with when they come to church because they don't think they're good enough to pray or I don't pray so 
well, good. And so they think they're going to have a conversation with God, and they think God judges them on the words they use. It's not like hooked on phonics. You got to you got to get it just right, and then God's going to uh, do it. It's a thing where it's just conversing with God, communicating. It's what God said. I just want to have a conversation with you. It's also in a communi- in, in communicating with somebody. We saw there's two things. There's listening, and there's also speaking. Many of us are great at speaking and very very poor at listening. Anybody know a few of those? Some of them. And so God is a great listener, but he's also, okay, 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 yeah, 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 uh, oh, yeah, 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 oh, yeah, you good? And then he goes, oh, 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 you got something to say to me too. Oh, okay, I'll give you a sec. Um, and so prayer is that way of connecting with him. The third thing was his relationships. In relationship, you were all given a comb, and so you're to comb out the kinks of your relationship. And uh, relationships are connecting with God and others. It takes time and intentionality to do that well. Um, you ever talk with somebody and they're distracted and their mind's over here and they're looking at you going, uh-huh, uh-huh. Or, or this is today's culture. It's like, uh-huh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, no, you moved over here. Yeah. Um, and so relationships, we have to be intentional and say, I, I've got value here. And I need to I need to place value both ways. And then last week we looked at the body of Christ, and uh, we looked at we're not talking about Jesus in the flesh, the divine meeting humanity. We were talking about Jesus saying we are the body of Christ, and it's a people, not a place. It's a people, not a place. We belong to Him, which makes us a part of His body. God empowers and equips us to change the world. In other words. Guess what? We're plan A. There is no plan B. You and I, we are the ones God's going to use to change the world. You and I, we're the hope of the world. It's it's right here. That's us. Some of you go, all right. You, you get excited. You're the one that's going to change your surroundings. God's going to use you to do that. This morning, we're going to go. I, I've been so excited about this because we've got them planned out. And I was like, this is one that I love. And it's one that the church struggles with the most. It's one that, that the church battles with the most. This morning, we're going to look at the tithe is sacred. Amen. Now, I know when, when you start talking money, people are like, mm. you kind of get clammed up like, what money, what money, what, what, what? And I thought, hey, this is the, one, of the, one of the most fun things I, I've, I've done or studied and looked through. And I've been doing it, I don't know, 33 years or so. And uh, I grew up where I never, I never tithed. I tipped God. Anybody? We got any tippers in here? <laughs> I was a tipper, not a tither. I was like, yeah, okay, I, I don't want to get too crazy with this. Here, here's a five. Okay, no, um, here's a five spot. Uh, and so mine was a thing where I didn't, I was like, hey, I'll give a little bit to you. And Or if I, if I had a 20, it wasn't like this, it was like, Hmm. You know, I play, let me stick that in the back. Hey, y'all, let me stick that in there. Just putting that in the basket, y'all, let y'all know. And so it, it, it was a thing where if you're not careful, when we start looking at this, um, people can get real nervous. And I, I want you this morning, I want you to have freedom when we talk about it. Now, here's some things I thought, some misnomers or, or 
because of the church. We, there's some people that we've seen in churches. It, it's gotten it wrong. I'm not going to lie. Let's be honest. But one of the misnomers is this. Maybe you can tell if this is true or false. Let's, let's put that up there and see. Um, money is the root of all evil. True or false? Well, look at you, you little church-going people. How do, let's see here. Maybe you studied a little bit. Let's throw that next one up and see if they're... Okay, you're right. It's the yelling. It was... It is false because I have many people that tell me money's the root of all, money's the root of all evil. I'm like, well, look, I don't want you to be tempted. Go ahead and give it to me. I think I can handle it. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, I want to remove that from you. You don't need that. I believe Jesus has given me the ability to do it well. And so really, this is what the Bible says. It says this, uh, Paul writing to a young pastor, Timothy, he says, for the Love, <laughs> you know, the love of money is the root of what? All kinds of evil, not all evil. It's all kinds of evil because it stirs up stuff in you. I want this and I want that and I can do that and I want this over here. And so what he says is in some people craving money, and we know people, maybe you've struggled in that craving money, having wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves. Some people thought, God, you're doing this to me, and you're doing this to me. And God's like, I just, you did it with your money. You had it, you did it, and you started choosing different things and let your money carry you places. And so they pierced themselves with many sorrows because of their love for money. Let's, uh, let's look at this next one. This is always fun. The church is, the church is just after my money. It's just after my money. True. That's what people think. Hey, we say false, but there are people go, they just want my money. That's all they want is my money. I want to tell you. There, go ahead and throw the next one up so we can move on. It says this. It is false. As a pastor, I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Look, each one of you, I'm not after your money. Amen. I'm after you. <laughs> because I know this. God's after you. Because if he gets you, once you get to know him, once you begin to discover his freedom... Once you begin to discover the gifts and talents he's put in your life, and once you begin to operate in those, you all of a sudden realize, I was born for a purpose, and it's not about money, it's about me. It's about relationship with him, and uh, and so it is false. And um, the, uh, the key to this one is that we've got to be careful that we don't try to communicate that, hey, that's all it is, and it's not. But people sometimes do think that. Here's another one that people, they'll go to the other extreme. God doesn't care about money at all. Oh, oh, so there wasn't quite this overwhelming false. It's got, does he care about money? Does he not care about, is it? Let's look here. Look what, this is what I came up with. And I've got a scripture to back it up, just so you know. Um, It says false, and it is false. God really does care. Not about the money itself, but what happens? If you don't believe me, here's Jesus. We're going to read a scripture here uh, found in Gospel of Mark. Mark chapter 12. Look where Jesus is at with his disciples. He's in the temple. Jesus sat near the temple money box. If he didn't care about money, why is he next to the box? He's, he's sitting here next to the money box. And what was he doing? He was watching now, I don't want to scare anybody like God's not, God's not going through your checkbook with you going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. look, hey, hey, mm-hmm. he, he was, he was watching and the people put in their money and many rich people 
gave large sums of money, then poor, a poor widow, everybody say a poor widow. A widow got God's attention, got Jesus' attention. He's watching, and this is how she did it. Then a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which were only worth a few cents. Now, there's others dropping big bank. They're dropping dollars. They're dropping gold. They're dropping silver. It wasn't quite like ours today, but they were they were dropping it. And this woman comes in like, two little copper coins. And look what Jesus said. He, he actually, it caught his attention so more, so much that he said, hey, hey guys, come here. Hey fellas, I want to teach you something. I'm looking at the money box. Look what happened. Check this out. Calling his followers, the disciples to him. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow gave more. She gave more than all the rest of them. You go, what? Cause it's not about quantity. It's not equality. It's about condition of our heart. Look what happened. And it says this, then all the rich people, they gave only what they did not need. The woman is very, this woman is very poor, but she gave all she had. She gave all she had to live on. So really what she was doing, she learned the principle of giving to live instead of, and living to give. She's like, I can't help but give. And so God is very much interested and he is there about that. And so here's what I want you to look at when we talk about tithing. Here's a couple things you may not know or you may. Tithe, the word itself, and before you came to church, you probably never heard that word. Let's be honest. <laughs> you, tithe, what's a tithe? A tithe? Tithe? Tithe is not something you hear out on the street a lot. It's not something you hear. I, matter of fact, uh, when I gave my life to the Lord 33 years ago, I had never, I, I passed a religion class every year of my life from kindergarten to 12th grade, and I never knew what that word was for 12 years. Um, it says it means a tenth. It also, in the term, in the Old Testament, think in terms of first fruits, the first thing I get. And think in terms of steward rather than in money terms. What I have, God has made me responsible. And this is what I want you to think about. Tithing is not an above the sun principle. Tithing is a below the sun principle. Like there are things that we do that, that affect our above the sun. And Jesus came to settle are above the sun, that if I put my trust, if I give him my life, he said, I've given your life, that that will settle my eternity with him. Tithing is something we do below the sun. This is why we're here on this planet. In other words, guess what? In heaven, you're not going to be given anything. God's already given it all. You're going to be experiencing it in multiple, like, wow, you've blessed me incredible. So there's not anything else to give. It's too late. Anything you're going to do with that as a steward it's got to be below the sun. So that's why it's important for us to look at this. And so um, here's what I think. Just a few things we're going to go over what this thing is and how it works. Is I believe this. I, I tithe to keep my heart in tune with God. Say that with me. I tithe to keep my heart in tune with God. And you go, Mark, how does heart and money have a correlation between the two? I'm glad you asked that. Because Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21, he says, Do not store up for yourself treasures on earth. Now, he wasn't saying don't have a bank account. He didn't say don't have a 401k. Because he'd be contradicting his word in Proverbs that says, A good man leaves an inheritance to his children and his children's children. Can all the people that receive an inheritance say amen? Thank you, Jesus. You know, thank you, Lord. 
Those who didn't say, Lord, thank you anyway. Praise God. I'm still believing you're my inheritance. But it says this. It says that don't store up there simply where moth and vermin destroy and thieves break in and steal. Anybody ever had something stolen from you? I mean, you had something like taken from you. Like it, it got taken. Like stolen out of your yard or stolen out of your house. We've had people broke into our house a couple times and they took computers and they took my iPod. For those of you who don't know what that was, it was a little device that, <laughs> it's like, that's even old. I couldn't say cassette player because then y'all really freak out. But it was, it's been stolen. And what happened when it got stolen? You, you know what happened? You feel so violated. Like, y'all, can I tell you the first time after a believer that some got stole from me? True story. I'm, I'm living, I'm, I'm, I'm living in a, a, what we call the dude ranch. There's a guy here that started that, but I'm going to go into that story. But uh, it's in a, it was in a little, you know, challenging neighborhood. And I had a Mustang that had T-tops and, you know, it, that's where I came to the Lord. I was like, I was, I thought I was it, man. And so I, I accidentally left the door unlocked. It's my fault. I left the door unlocked. And so I got up to go to, uh, to go to prayer. And I walk out, and I was like, when I'm getting in the car, I'm like, you ever get in somewhere, it's like, something just doesn't feel right. You're like, I mean, it's a car. There's not, there's a few things disheveled, and I'm like, I'm kind of messy anyway. I'm like, mm, that doesn't. So you know what I did? At that time, I was into gold chains. Come on, I came out, I, you know, teenager of the 80s. Watch out. Miami Vice, y'all don't mess with me. <laughs> you had to have a gold chain, or it was not. It's like, watch out. And so I went to reach, I had to put on my gear, I had to put on my gold chain, like, okay, now, ready to go. I reached for my gold chain, and guess what? It was gone. It was gone. I was like, and it wasn't a big, thick one, but it was gone. I was like, oh, no. You know what I did? I got out and started looking on the ground. <laughs> did I drop it? Did somebody... And then I realized it got stolen. It was something within me just said, I had put so much value in that as a person. And I was like, oh, no. And that was my first opportunity to say, Lord, it's all about you. It didn't make it right, but it made me free from having that hold on me. And so when we look at this, keeping us in tune, with, with keeping our hearts in tune with what God says, this is where Jesus is saying, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal in other words whatever you give to god he's a great ain't nothing coming in fort knox ain't got nothing on him he can hold anything we give him and that's what it says here jesus said it this way for where your treasure is there your heart's gonna be also see most of us think it's our heart there are treasures let me say there are people that really love Jesus, I have no doubt, but they struggle with treasure. And Jesus said, hey, wherever you direct your treasure, your heart's going to go right after it. So if it's directed and it's wrapped up in things, guess what? Your heart's going to go right after it. And so it's important for us when we realize, when we're talking about tithing, God says, hey, you want to get this right? Look, acknowledge me, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to direct your heart in that way and not let it get wrapped up in things and things get wrapped up in you. I love what um, James Dobson said. He said, God doesn't mind you having things as long as things don't have you. <laughs> like, you can have stuff and manage it well just as long as it's not managing you. Okay, the next thing, let's move on. 
I tithe to remember who my real provider is. That's why I tithe. I tithe because I remember who my real provider is. And let me break it down. Think about it for a second. Are you trusting in your smarts, your ability, all you, you have, just saying, I got, I think all of us have been at a place where we feel really excited about what we've done or something we've accomplished, but we have to recognize that God is the one that does it. Pro, uh, Deuteronomy 8.18 says it this way, but remember the Lord, your God, for it is who, it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant which he swore to your ancestors, and it is today. So he continually does that. He, it's what he does. It's a covenant between him and us. And then I love what, um, what David, this is a fun one, First Chronicles 29. Now, y'all, I want to encourage you. If you ever get a chance, this is where David was building the temple. And when I started reading through this, and I was like, wow, 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 wow. Like, we're talking... The, the people had, they were building the temple. David had already, the King David had said, hey, you're a man of war. You don't get to build the temple. We're going to let your son Solomon. And so this is the, the last chapter of First Chronicles. David, they're, they're, they're swearing in. Um, um, Solomon is getting set in as king. But they had already collected all they needed to build the temple. And Solomon's going to build it. And when you see what they collected, it was like, let's see, one part. David out of his own special little treasury he gave about a 110 tons of gold. Tons of gold. 110 tons of, of gold. How many of you could do a little something with that? Tons of gold. 2,000 pounds apiece. That, that, that's 220,000 pounds of gold. Cha-ching! My calculator broke. I can't. That was just David out of his own personal stash. There were others that gave 260 tons of gold. That, that's what they were doing. They were saying, hey, we're bringing it to the temple. And it was to celebrate what God had done. And that's why David, I'm just going to read this real quick. Verse 13. Oh, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that, that we, we could give anything to you? Everything we have comes from you, and we give it. This is what David is saying in verse 14. He said, who am I, and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you. Can you say that with me? Everything comes from you, God. Have you come to that place that it all comes from you, that it's not my ability, it's your ability to bless me? Uh, and so what comes from your, and what comes from your hand. So it's important that as I tithe, I remember he's my real provider. I'm not trusting in my ability. I'm trusting in what he does and how he does it. And he continues to bless. The next thing is I tithe because Jesus told me to. And this is where people kind of get, they think tithing's an Old Testament principle. Anybody ever heard that one? Tithing's Old Testament. We're in the New Testament. I know Jesus said, give all. He said, just like the woman, she gave all. It wasn't a tithe. But Jesus did mention tithe, and it, he's actually talking to Pharisees. And in, uh, in the, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 42, he's talking to them. And they actually, they were big on trying to strain, do everything like they thought in their own minds. And in this, they were giving Jesus a hard time. They invited him to come eat. 
He's coming to eat supper. And Jesus forgot to do something that many of you freak out about. He forgot to wash his hands. Come on, how many of you need freaks? Like, don't touch the food. They're like, uh uh-uh, don't touch. Jesus didn't do the ceremonial hand washing. And so they're giving Jesus a hard time. And he goes, you guys, y'all are so worried about the outside stuff. You worried about hand washing. He said, inside, you so filthy, it's so dirty in there. And so he began to tell them, what sorry awaits you Pharisees, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income. In other words, they calculated, I'm going to calculate the penny. And they said, you calculate that from your herb gardens, and but you ignore justice and the love of God. You're ignoring the most important part. Yeah, you're giving, but here's the why behind what you're doing. This is what he says, you should tithe. He didn't, he didn't say, oh no, don't tithe. No, you should do it. Yes, but do not neglect the more important thing. In other words, what Jesus was saying, we tithe out of our love for him, not because I have to. I get to. Everybody say that with me. I don't tithe because I have to. I tithe because I get to. That's a get to thing. Like, Lord, you gave me something. I get to give it back. I get to bless you back with what you've already given me. So it's not a, it's not a drudgery. You know, I'm not going to go there this morning, but 2 Corinthians says it this way. God loves a cheerful giver. That's what he said. He loves it. So here's another one. I only got two more. We'll, we'll, uh, we go on, we go on. Bless the Lord. Here, number, number, uh, number next is one preacher to always say. Number next. <laughs> I tithe to allow God to trust me with more. In other words, if I'm faithful with little things, and that's what Jesus said, he said this, in Luke 16, he said, whoever can be trusted in, with very little, like, you give me a little something to do, you give me a little bit, and he said, can also be trusted with much, and whoever is dishonest with very little also will be dishonest with much. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling what? Worldly wealth, money. If you're not faithful with that, look what Jesus said. Who will trust you with true riches? You want to know the most true riches are? You. You. It's like this is the most valuable. People. God, when he looks looks down from heaven, he's not looking at bank accounts. He's not looking at dollars. He's not looking at gold. He's not looking at silver. He's looking at you and me. We're his children. He's like, man, I love them. He's not sitting there going, oh, like we do. Ooh, look at that Maserati. Woo. I look good. I was like, no, look at who's driving that. He's after the heart, not after the car or after anything else. The how? He's after us. And then Jesus said in, in Luke 16, 13, he says, no one, no one, many have tried, many have failed. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and and money. This is where tithe comes in. This is where it's a challenge to people to go, wow, my trust is not in my bank account. My trust is in God who owns my bank account. And this is a, this is a battle that we have to, I, look, I made a decision 33 years ago, back when I was making a, a, a whopping $7 an hour. And y'all laughed. That was some money back in 1986 and stuff. I, I recognized back then that, hey, I'm 
going to give whatever. If you can't tithe on a dollar, you won't tithe on $10. If you can't tithe on $10, you won't tithe on $100. i have had people say, when I get something, I said, what do you got in your hand? You got something. Everybody does. I challenge you this morning. God, by the word of God. Man, if, if you do, if you get locked into this and it gets locked into you, anybody that's done it, I can tell you from my own personal experience, I have seen God move in ways I never thought possible. From the day one all the way up to day 33 years ago, and uh, I didn't have the teaching that I gave you. Nobody set me down and said, hey, how does this, what does this look like? And so... We can't serve God and money. We say, Lord, I'm going to serve you. I love you, God. And out of this, it all belongs to you. Um, the, the, the final one is this. And this is a big one. <laughs> Some people think they're giving to the church. You don't ever give to the church. We don't tithe to the church. We tithe to God through the church. Just like this morning when you were worshiping God, you weren't worshiping the church. <laughs> you were worshiping God through the church, through the body coming together. The same thing when we, when we bless the Lord with our wealth. When we say, Lord, when I give that to Him, I'm not giving it to the church. I'm giving it to Him through the church. Why? Why is that so important? Because of this. Because of people. Because of people. Let me tell you something. Brunswick, Georgia, maybe you don't know this or not, but there's a lot of people right now that you and I are sitting here enjoying the presence of God. We're worshiping, having a great time, connecting with each other. But there are people right now, they're passed out. They couldn't get here if they wanted to because of their life and what's controlled. They couldn't if they wanted to. There are people right now that don't know anything about the love of God. And they never will. We have to have a place. Like right now, there are some precious little ones, little babies right now. They're back there. They're with moms or they're with people that are watching them. And they got nice little cars they run around in. They got little play areas that they play on. I mean, you know, we want our children to have the best. You want your children to have the best. This is part of this while we tithe to God through the church. Look, we got stuff here. We want to have a place where people come feel blessed and welcome. Where you bring people like, how many of y'all, you know, when when you're bringing people to your house? And you got to get it all cleaned up just right. <laughs> They're coming. Like you're scrambling. You're throwing stuff under bed. You just get... <laughs> and you go, oh, hey, come on in. Can't, don't, don't go in that closet. Whoa, stay away from there. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> Listen, you can go in any closet. It's here. By the way, this is why we tithe to God through the church. I don't own this church. We own this church. This is your church. You, everything here is yours. It's not mine. It's not like, hey, I own this place. We own this place. It belongs to God and he's blessed us. We're stewards of this place. That's why I challenge you. Everything here, it's yours. Those seats, those chairs, they're yours. Just do us a favor. Don't take them with you so somebody, when they come back next week, <laughs> they'll have a place to sit down. <laughs> That'd be nice, wouldn't it? You come back, well, you know, he said it was mine. Oh, it's comfortable. It's a lot more comfortable than the ones that... I mean, you know, the sound system, it's yours. But we'd like to keep it around here so we can use it so you can hear all of this. It's yours. I need, we, we need to get that principle in. This is, you're a part. This is your house. 
God's blessed us with this, and we want to continue. How many, how many know the roof up there? Is that not looking good, y'all? Come on. That's beautiful. Not that one. Hold it. Whoa, whoa, yeah. <laughs> that don't look so good. <laughs> I'm talking about the one outside when y'all came in. Um, for those of you who are new, that was a change that just happened within the last month. We had that done, and praise God. All of that, all of that is to provide a place where people can come to know him as their Lord and Savior, where they can experience the life in the presence of Almighty God through His Son, Jesus Christ. That's what this is about. So we always give to God through the church. Malachi, and I close with this, Malachi 3.10 says this. Bring the whole tithe. Bring it all in. The whole tithe, the whole tenth, into the storehouse, that there may be food in, in my house. There may be food right here that we can actually, and by the way, there are so many things that God, things that God wants to do through this area, through you guys, through this church. I mean, we have what we celebrate, what, what, uh, Pastor Mark Anthony was saying, loaves and fishes. Right here, our director, uh, D.D. Gableman. There are so many wonderful things. We have a place over there. If you know somebody in the area that needs food or clothing, send them over there. It's open three days a week right now. I would envision that being a place. It'd be, it'd be great if it could be open Monday through Friday. It'd be great. Think about this. What if, we could provide medical care over there. What would, what would it be like if we could do that in such a way for the community? We can't right now, but it's in my heart. I would love to see it more than what it is. We want to grow. We want to continue, but we can't do that. It's only through those who say, Lord, I want this to be a place where people really are touched and ministered to. We have an academy over here. You have an academy. It's yours. It's your part of that. It's a part of this ministry where young people get to get to learn the word of God. They learn math, but it learns like God's the rule. He, God knows calculus. <laughs> God knows all that stuff. <laughs> it doesn't freak him. It messes with me a little bit. But but that's this. This is us. This is where God does that through His local body. And He said this: "Test me in this." There is nowhere else in Scripture. Where God says, put me to the test. I want you to test me in it. You check it out. You put me to the test. And says the Lord Almighty. And see if I will not throw open. Not open. Throw open the windows of heaven. The floodgates of heaven. And pour out such so much blessing. That there will not be room enough to store it. Thank you Lord Jesus. I know. Money's a hard thing. There are people in this room right now that they wonder, how am I going to pay my rent? They wonder, how am I, how am I going to pay my light bill? How am I going to pay, you know, you know, how am I just going to eat? How am I going to get something to eat today, this afternoon? I would encourage you to come to the grow track. We do have some snacks. I'll take you to eat after. I'm gonna be, I'll be sharing. I'll be glad to take you to lunch afterwards. Come to the grow track. Can't leave before that, but, uh, but this is where it's real that we have to realize first and foremost, we always go to God first. As we connect with him, this is a step. And if you've not made that step, this morning we saw somebody take their next step in their spiritual journey by being baptized. Our first step is always giving our life to Jesus and receiving his life. We take a step in baptism. Tithing is another spiritual step and I want to challenge you, if you've never done that before, I want to challenge you. 
Take a step. I did it 33 years ago. And there's not ever been one time where I ever went, man, I wish I wouldn't have done that. True story. When I started tithing, um, I had a, a kidney transplant about 15 years ago. And I had to stay in Jacksonville with my mom at her house. <laughs> and uh, my mom in, in the Catholic Church, they did bingo. That was I, I, I just took it as that was their way of tithing. I don't know. Because <laughs> I'm a bingo. No, tithing. No, bingo. No, anyhow. So I went and I was there. And so I'd have to go sit with her. And I was, you know, I wasn't feeling good. But I was like, hey, I'd sit there. And this, this little precious old lady asked me, she goes, do you want a card? And I went, sure, I guess. And so she gave me one of these little, it's like three things on there. I don't, I, I hadn't played much, but it's three. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, and so they called the numbers, you know, the letters, B-I-N-G-O, and then what numbers they represent. And it was so funny, because I was just like, okay. And this, you miss one, it's right there. I'm like, she's got 90 cards in front of her. I mean, literally, it's not, you miss one, you miss one. But then the priest came, he comes up to me and says, hey, and I'm talking to him. And he knew I was a pastor. And he goes, hey, he asked me, do you tithe? And I looked at him, I said, yeah, do you? <laughs> he said, do y'all teach that in your church? I said, yes, we do. And he goes, like, do you tithe 10%? I was like, 10%. Actually, more tonight we'll be talking about offering. Because tithing is just the, let's get my foot wet. We get in the. The fun stuff where we get to give offerings and, and also there, let me say, there are people that have a gift of giving. Like it's a nat, it's a supernatural gift. You're like, man, I just light up when I'm doing that. We'll talk about that tonight. But he asked me, yeah, I said, yeah, I tithe. And this is what he said. Would you come teach that in my church? I said, would you give me a Sunday morning to do it? Cause I will be glad to come and teach because what happens is this is where we will never do some people, they make them pledge for the next year what they will be giving over the next year. I actually heard one thing, well, one of our members was telling me a member of theirs, a family member of theirs up north, they actually make people bring their, their, uh, their, their um, tax return, bring it in, and then they tell them what they're going to tithe in order to be a member. Like, give me that. I'm going to tell you, here's what you got to tithe if you're going to be a member here. And I said, wow, talk about taking over God's position. Let me say this to you. When I share this this morning, please understand, there is no, God is not up in heaven going displeased like, no, I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm displeased. We accept Jesus, we're there. This is a below the sun, not above the sun. And I want to set you free this morning. If you've never tried it, Man, next week would be a great time to say, Lord, I'm going to test you. You told me to do that. Lord, I want to do that, and I want to see what you do in my life and through my life. Stand up with me if you would. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, I do thank you for your goodness here this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. What I want you to do, if you would, just bow your heads with me at this time and close your eyes. And the only reason I do that is the only way I know that you can get alone in a crowded room. It's not any spiritual implication. It's just for you. Because God deals with us as individual. He uses us as, as a group of people, but he, he grows us and deals with us in, in, as an individual. 
This morning, I want to ask you, this has nothing to do with tithing. It really has to do with eternity. And I just want to ask, have you made that decision to say, Jesus, I trust in what you've done to pay for all my stuff. Like if you're in here and you feel guilty, you feel far away from God and you feel like you can't get close and that somehow God's way far away, but you want to be close this morning, this would be a great time to say, God, I give you my life. Before you worry about any type of finances or anything else, it starts with your life, your heart. And I just want to give you that opportunity. If you've never done that, this would be a great time. If you would like to do that, I'm going to pray with you and for you. If you just slip your hand up wherever you're at, say, Mark, I would love to connect with the Lord this morning. I want to give him my life. I choose as an act of my will. Is there anybody in here that would like to do that this morning? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Anybody else this morning? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. We, we love you, Lord. I love you so much. Y'all, let's just pray this. Say, Father God. I recognize that there are things that I've done, things that I've said that's displeased you. But I recognize this morning that your son Jesus paid the full penalty for my sin. And Jesus, I accept you now as my Lord and as my Savior. I give you my life and I ask you to be my Lord and my God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We're, we'll be here this morning. If you need prayer afterwards, we'll have men and, and women. If y'all go ahead and come up here towards the front, we'll be here to pray with anybody that has a need. If you have a physical need, you have a financial need, you have some, you just need somebody to agree with you in prayer, we would love to do that with you in, uh, in this morning right here. But if you'd open your hands to the Lord and receive from Him this morning. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father God, You're the one who commanded blessing to be spoken over Your people. And in so doing, Lord, You in turn, as we place Your name on them, You in turn do the blessing. So I say to each one of you, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift the light of His countenance on you and give you His peace. In Jesus' name, amen.